the four o'clock football frenzy. Presented by Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans. Call him now at 702-577-2600. The four o'clock football frenzy on Cofield and Company. Company. All right, here we go. Four o'clock hour. We'll get to a football frenzy headlines here in just a second. We're heading towards a 630 start, 630 new start time for the football coaches show. It's a Marcus Arroyo radio show, Parkway Taverns, the host for UNLV football talk on uh, mostly Wednesdays. But this week we kick things off with a Tuesday show because there's a Thursday game. So 630 Parkway Tavern. It's the uh, newer location on the south side of town right near the M on Volunteer and Caleb Herring. The former UNLV quarterback will be on the scene with head coach Marcus Arroyo. That kicks off again at 6.30, goes until 7.30. Maybe even me? Are you going to show up? I mean, it's right by my house. I don't know. Got to get clearance if you're allowed on the show. I'm not going to go you might, on. You might be able to, you know, you could just you could have a salad. That's my pl- No, my plan is, is to go have dinner is? while you guys are doing the show. And, work, and work, of course. Course. By the way, are you okay with the uh, like all the cuts and roster maneuvering? You seem freaked out by what the Raiders were doing today and trying to do roster projections. Like you just you just made the suggestion with Dustin DeHart that because there is a gap this year from you know the end of the preseason and cut day and the beginning of the season that this is a year unlike any other where there's going to be a ton of maneuvering. Yeah, I, I think there is, and I think if you look around the league, there are some veterans, um, you know, especially on the lines and um, players that you might not care about or even know about but like oh that's an interesting cut and they're going to be maneuvering and and moving the 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 roster around but one of the things that i just saw which you know i saw people freaking out on the uh the raiders final roster which by the way 52 man roster for the raiders because denzel perriman is not yet officially part of the team uh but he is he is going to be on the roster i it seems like it's a uh covet issue where he hasn't had enough te- days of testing to get into the building yet. So oh, wow. uh, maybe not officially on the roster. Uh, we'll see exactly what's going on there. But 52-man um, roster right now for the Raiders. And people are like, who's going to return kicks? Like, th- they're not playing tomorrow. Like, they don't have a game tomorrow. This roster is going to be much different on Thursday than it is on Tuesday. And I think that goes for a lot of teams around the league. So um, if you do have a, a league where you get points for a kick return yardage, <laughs> Which has happened in the past. Oh my god! Uh, you know, be on the lookout for uh, some of those moves too. Of who's who's going to be returning kicks and things like that. Because these rosters all around the league are not set yet. If you listen to the show, you know Adam and I were like pretty much a hundred percent behind NIL. Now they're going to have to work out some of the issues. Leagues are going to have to come up with some rules. It'll become the wild, wild west, and we're kind of seeing it right now. I don't begrudge any kid for getting a monster deal. But there are going to be power schools that can technically they're not supposed to be setting up deals, but obviously they can grease the skids, make the right connections. This quarterback stuff with especially guys who haven't played yet, like Spencer Rattler's one thing at Oklahoma. He's got a bunch, you know, a bunch of uh, NIL deals. He's going to play. Right. Bryce Young at Alabama, Saban probably being truthful, probably also marketing his program saying about a month ago, hey, he's approaching seven figures. Bryce Young is the Southern California kid who's going to be the starting quarterback for Bama. Like, I hope he lasts the whole year. I hope he's the guy, 
right? But there's no guarantee just because, you know, they're backed by some big NIL deals that they're going to be the starting quarterback. And I think the Ohio State situation is fascinating. So they had a kid, Quinn Ewers, out of uh, South Lake, Texas, that Dallas area, wherever Houston. Um, he reclassifies. Okay, now he's going to Ohio State. He's not going to be the starter. There's another guy, C.J. Stroud, who, you know, all Ohio State gets are top 10 quarterbacks in each class. So Ewers is there, reclassified. Stroud's the starting quarterback. Ewers just got a deal worth $1.4 million over three years with some sports marketing company. What happens if he never wins the job? It's strictly an autograph deal, by the way. Which, which even yeah. more applicable question. What happens if he never wins? The other kid, C.J. Stroud, turned down like everyone. He was the number two pro-style quarterback, according to at least one service, in the 2019 class. He may be the quarterback for the next three years. This stuff's incredible. It's great. And then I wonder, is there a clause in there like, hey, Quinn Ewers is like, man, eh, yeah, Iowa State, you know. I mean, we, we've seen guys. Justin Fields like, I'm walking when he didn't get the job at Georgia. What happens if Quinn Ewers is like, all right, I'm going to be realistic here. I have the money. You know what? I'm going group of five. So I want to go to Rice. Well, unless there's something in the like, contract. I don't think he's going to go to Rice. There, but could he, so, there could be something in the contract contingent on him being at a – that's what I'm school. wondering, right? Yeah. Does it say you ha you have to be at Ohio State, well, and then we have to reexamine it? Can I go to another Power Five? Can it be a Power Five that's at the bottom half of the conference from a prestige standpoint? Like these deals are these are getting crazy. But also, it sounds like, and I, I listen. I don't know all the intricacies of this. Um, I have not studied what you can do in terms of high school players. Like obviously, you can pay high school players because they're not going to lose college eligibility. But supposedly, there's only three states that don't allow high school kids to profit off NIL deals. And Texas is one of them. And that's why he had to reclassify and leave because otherwise he could have just taken the money and played his senior year of high school and then still been eligible to, to go to a college somewhere. But he had to get out of Texas because they don't allow the high school kids to profit off it. So it's the whole thing is, is crazy. And, and obviously we'll have to be reexamined at some point down the road. This is what we talked about when it went in good. Glad they're getting money. But they're a long way from figuring out the rules in this. So we were just talking fake football, fantasy football, gambling football, because it's gambling. Um, let's talk real football with Dak Prescott. We were talking about fantasy football and his value. The Cowboys cut Ben DiNucci and Garrett Gilbert. Well, backup quarterbacks. Now, I know these are not great backups, but now the backup is Cooper Rush. What happens if Dak does have, uh, you know, a reoccurrence with whatever's going on with his shoulder? Well, first of all, they're clearly more comfortable with Cooper Rush than they are with Danucci or Gilbert. Danucci, I, I can't believe Danucci even still had a job as, as a preseason quarterback. It's kind of crazy. Uh, but I mean, Cooper Rush has been a backup quarterback in the NFL. He's not the guy that you want going into the game if you have playoff aspirations like the Cowboys do, for sure. Uh, and what I would say is cutting both of those guys signals two things. One, they're still in the market for a quarterback. They're looking. They're going to be looking around. Cam Newton. Yeah, I was going to say they're going to be, be one available, and uh, and you know that Jerry Jones likes to collect names. Sure. And 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 like if Dak Prescott is hurt or gets hurt, like Cam Newton doesn't completely throw away your hope of making the playoffs. Like you still have that shot, unlike when you had to put Danucci in last year. Danucci. So so yeah, I mean, I think it, it signals that they're going to be in the market for a quarterback, and it also signals um, that they think Dak Prescott's healthy. They, they don't do this. They don't go into the season with just two or just two that know the system because I do think they're going to bring somebody in. But they don't do this 
if they don't think that Dak Prescott is fully healthy and ready to go. So I'm, I'm excited to see Hard Knocks tonight to see what, what progress he's made and if if Jerry Jones is going to tell him to do more work than the doctors tell him to do. Jera. <laughs> right? It's so disturbing watching him, even at near 80 years old. Can he throw Just, short passes? No. Yeah. No. Let's get him out. Hurt. Let's get him out there. No. Can you just throw a couple passes? No. I know every – I'm GM and team doctor. Jerry, you're not. Especially based on this diet from episode one with that freaking ridiculous breakfast the sandwich. salt on the breakfast just, sandwich? Just horrendous. All right, Miles Simmons, busy, busy day for him at Pro Football Talk and also does all the uh, the football stuff with Florio on Peacock. He's up next, and he'll give us his reaction to Cam, what the next stop is, and what the Cowboys are going to do behind Dak. Dustin DeHart of Nova Home Loans brings you the 4 o'clock football frenzy. Dial 702-577-2600 now. Home prices have never been higher and interest rates have never been lower. Get your mortgage tune-up today by calling 577-2600. From the moment Matt Jones stepped in there this summer, he looked like he was a guy ready to take over. He led eight preseason drives this summer. Eight. Every one resulted in either a field goal or a touchdown. Spoke to one head coach last week who told me that he thought that Mac Jones could be and would be a Pro Bowl quarterback in this league for 10 years. Chopping it up on a Tuesday. It's Cofield and Company at the Nova Home Loan Studio. Adam Schefter reporting the uh, Mac Jones news this morning. Cam Newton cut by the Patriots and uh, according to him one NFL coach saying that the 15th pick in the draft is going to be a 10-year quarterback at a minimum and a pro bowler which begs the question why did he go 15th (laughs) is Belichick right or were the teams in front of him right Belichick's offensive analysis in the draft ain't been great but that doesn't mean Mac Jones isn't going to be a good quarterback and uh, they've made the move here Uh, all over this stuff today was Pro Football Talk, and Miles Simmons writes for the site, former RJ writer. He's back in Southern California. Exciting times, Miles. Cut day, and uh, not to make light of it, because this is, you know, you guys cover the NFL, all the nooks and crannies, and there are a lot of players who are really sad today. Yeah, you know, it's one of those days where it's, um, a lot of reporters call it, you know, like the worst day of the year, and I kind of feel the same way. You know, it's, it's interesting because you have upwards of, you know, 1,100 players losing their jobs. You know, you're basically getting fired. And that's a tough thing, um, especially for a lot of those guys, because it's like, you know, your dream of the NFL may or may not be ending. So it's a tough day, but it's also an interesting day because you get situations like this where, you know, it's just something that you don't necessarily anticipate. You know, I I saw this on Twitter today because I woke up and I saw the Bill Check press conference this morning and he got asked about Cam Newton, and he said, you know, Cam is definitely moving in the right direction. And then it turns out about an hour after I post that article that Cam Newton is going to get released, right? And so, like, I guess the right direction was moving out the door. So it's just one of those days that sometimes you can't predict what's going to happen. But didn't you also not speak Belichickian well enough? I saw your Instagram story. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, it's interesting because you're right. And so what I did was in the article I wrote, because I, I noticed that he said this, when he was asked, he was asked a question about um, somebody, maybe it was an injury, and I wish I could remember it off the top of my head. But he said, if there's a transaction, we'll announce it. And then the next question was about the quarterback competition. And he said, if there's a, if, 
there's a transaction, we will announce it. And I wrote in the story that I wrote about um, this, the, about what Belichick had said about Cam Newton. I said, well, you, you don't have to announce a transaction in order to announce who the starting quarterback is. And lo and behold, I kind of was on the right track there, but I just didn't quite recognize it myself until an hour later when the news came out about Cam Newton. So what to you was the biggest surprise of today? Uh, it, it was that, you know, it, it's that Cam Newton got released because, you know, from, and it's not necessarily that Mac Jones is a starting quarterback, but when you have somebody like Cam Newton and he's on such an affordable salary for uh, 2021, you think that essentially he's going to be there with the Patriots to back up Mac Jones just in case something happens. And, you know, you at least have a guy who started games, who started games for you last year, and you know can do things with his legs. He can be a viable backup quarterback. You know what I mean? I don't think that Cam Newton is the kind of player that you would necessarily want to be your starting quarterback for 17 games, mainly because he's not enough. Uh, he's not a good enough thrower of the football this year anymore. I mean, like, frankly, he's just not. And I think if you watched him last year, you know, we can talk about the COVID stuff and all that and how he wasn't the same after coming back from COVID. But, you know, I, I just think that when you're a quarterback in this league, you have to be a really good thrower of the football. And based on all the things that Cam Newton's gone through over the last few years, going back to his time with Carolina, he's just not a really good thrower of the football anymore. And that doesn't mean he can't be effective for a game or two, but I think over the course of the season, it's just not necessarily what you want. But all that being said, yeah, I think he could still be a pretty effective backup. He's still somebody that, you know, by all accounts has been extremely encouraging, been a very good teammate for everybody in New England. So I think that he still has something left to give in the league. But it's not like we're going to see 2015 MVP Cam Newton ever again at this point, I think. Well, should we see Dallas Cowboys backup Cam Newton? Uh, I, I wouldn't. I, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be totally shocked if that happened. You know, I would be maybe a little surprised um, as I was trying to find the right word there. I, I think that like if you're the Cowboys and you already saw, you know, that when Dak Prescott goes down and your defense is as bad as it was last year, like it, there's nothing that's really going to fix that situation. Now, you know, do you want somebody who can come in there and handle things for a game or two and can Cam Newton do that? Maybe. I mean, that's another offensive scheme that he's going to have to learn. So it's not like he's going to be able to come in there and, you know, have everything be copacetic right away. So I don't know. I don't really know where Cam Newton's best fit is. I mean, one could say Washington because he's familiar with Ron Rivera and that offensive scheme that they've got with uh, Scott Turner. But, like, I don't know. I mean, I don't really see him going anywhere and, you know, making a case that he should be a starter right now. And I think that was kind of the problem that we had last year when we were trying to figure out, okay, where is Cam Newton going to go? It was basically New England or nowhere. And it's like, all right, well, then he did go there, and he was just okay. So I'm just I'm not quite sure where exactly the best fit is for him at this point. Miles Simmons, Cofield and Company. Of course, so you can find all his stuff up at profootballtalk.com. Um, the Colts need quarterbacks. Although I'm not sure that with Carson Wentz going on the COVID list that you bring in Cam Newton. Uh, but <laughs> give me your opinion on Carson yeah. Wentz. And what are you hearing from the Colts people about now, you know, Wentz already hurt. 
now he's gone on the COVID list. Uh, he's unvaccinated. I mean, there's, there's going to be several teams that are dealing with this stuff for the foreseeable future week to week. Yeah, and that's, you know, that's something I should have just said about Cam Newton, too. You know, why would any team want an unvaccinated backup quarterback, especially if your starting quarterback is unvaccinated, too? I mean, think about what's going on in Minnesota, right, with Kirk Cousins. That's another guy that's unvaccinated. And if you have a backup quarterback, the backup quarterback basically needs to be vaccinated just in case something happens with your starting QB. He gets COVID or he's exposed to COVID, and he's got to go on the COVID list for five days if he's unvaccinated, or it just so happens that he happens to get back uh, get COVID if he is, then you need your backup quarterback to be vaccinated. And that just, I think, also is something that unless or until Cam Newton gets vaccinated, why would you have a backup QB that is unvaccinated because you're just, you know, basically putting yourself in a situation to where you might need to get another quarterback if that person's exposed. Now, to actually answer the question you just asked, I think what's interesting right now about the Colts is that Carson Wentz is ostensibly going to be healthy for week one. And he was supposed to get back into practice yesterday, and then it turns out he's got to go on the COVID list because he's been uh, a close contact with somebody and he's unvaccinated. And this is just the problem right now with teams with low vaccination rates. You are setting yourself up to have your to have at least a game get really, really messed up by the fact that people are going to be out if they get exposed to this thing. And that's just it was one thing when it was last year, you know, and there are just things that sometimes just couldn't be helped. But if you are vaccinated, you will not go out for five days on the COVID list. It is that simple. And so, you know, I think that Carson Wentz has a chance to be good this year with Frank Reich. Everything you see and read and hear out of Indianapolis said that he looked really good in practice. He was in the seven-on-seven drills last week. And all everything coming out of Indianapolis was basically, man, this guy looks good. He looks ready. And you just got to keep him progressing and so the practice week this week, because there's no fourth preseason game, and because we're still, I don't know, a week and a half or so out from uh, when the season really starts there on September 12th, like this was a guy who essentially was going to be able to ramp himself up and get ready to practice again. But the Colts are off this weekend. Carson Wentz can't really get back into the building until Thursday, I believe it is. Now, if that's the case, then he's missing all this practice, and Jacob Eason is going to still be taking these reps. And you have to say, well, how is Carson Wentz's foot going to be doing? And how is he going to respond to all these different things? Those were key practices this week that he has now missed. So, all that being said, I still anticipate that Carson Wentz is going to be taking the first snap against the Seahawks there on September 12th. But not getting this practice time, especially after he's missed so much over the course of training camp, it definitely could have an effect in the early going of that season there in Indianapolis. Well, Miles, if a team does get into COVID situations with their quarterbacks and don't have one, Kendall Hinton got released. So they do have somebody <laughs> they can go to. That's nice. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Kendall Hinton does have that experience. So he didn't technically get the start at quarterback for Denver last year. That was Philip Lindsay. That's a nice little trivia question answer there That's that true. we can go through. Uh, do you think this is going to be kind of the, uh, the weirdest a stretch we've seen in terms of waivers and things like that, just because there's an extra week. Like nobody has a game this week. They've got, you know, 11 days before they play. Yeah, I think it is going to be weird. I mean, you had somebody like the Detroit Lions today release two kickers. You know, you have a kicking competition and both of them lose. And it's okay in some ways because you have the time 
to get guys in and try them out and see what works and see what doesn't um, before you have to start the regular season. So it is going to be one of these interesting, weird times where there's probably going to be a lot of roster turnover. And that probably was going to, that's always the case, you know? That's why when people start talking about, oh, it's the final 53, like, no, it's really not the initial 53, because there are going to be moves tomorrow once teams get their practice squad set. They're also going to be moves from people claiming different guys on waivers and, you know, get the waiver claim order and all these different things. So there's going to be a lot of roster movement. And I think, especially because it's now a holiday weekend, some of that stuff may slow down because that's the nice part about having um, the cuts have to happen today as opposed to over the weekend as they have been in the past. But I think still you've got these couple of days of practice that teams are going to have, and then you're going to say, you know what, Uh, I think that we really need to do something about that position. And then maybe you're going to cut a guy or somebody else is on a team that's going to do that. And you say, oh, my gosh, you know, I scout your pro scouts and say, man, I looked at that guy for a lot. And I really thought that he could do something. And I think he could do something here for us, either on our practice squad or on special teams. So let's get him on the 53. So there's going to be, I think, a lot of different movement over the course of the next week, because there always is. But especially when you get to see your own guys in practice for this long, it might make a difference. Miles, you're awesome, man. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Have a good one, guys. Miles A. Simmons on Twitter. On Twitter. Part of the TV package with uh, Florio and company on your favorite service, Peacock. Big fan. Profootballtalk.com. Get that mortgage tuned up right now. 877-700-NOVA is the number to call at Nova Home Loans. You're live with the Fat Pack on Cofield and Company. I don't care if the sun don't shine. I do my drinking in the evening time when I'm in Las Vegas. You can sit in the sun and camp. I get my All right, coming up in about 10 minutes, we're going to get you updated on what's going on with some of the bigger contests, the football contest, and the fact that they need a big rush. And that's what happens. The last 10 days or so, people wait until the last minute to enter the contest, but big overlays in a lot of the contests because the uh, guaranteed prize money is way up there, which uh, you know why this happens, Adam? Competition. Competition sure. is a good thing in the end for the consumer, even the betting consumer. So Fat Pack most days about food, but it's also really Vegas kind of centralized stuff that's going on. And I wanted to run this one by you. I thought this was interesting. Um, you know, I try to, everyone we have on the show, I try to follow as much as I can read, see what they're uh, talking about. If they do a radio show. So I was actually trying to listen to blessing show. Brian blessings on with us on Wednesday. So I was listening today and, uh, you know, we, we like Bruce Marshall. He's been around forever. Gold cheat guy, big gambling guy. And uh, Bruce took a shot at you guys. And they started talking about the uh, BYU-Arizona game here on Saturday. And I guess he wants more BYU coverage back in the paper. And he said, you know, back in the day when the Las Vegas Review-Journal was a real newspaper, you guys <laughs> used to actually cover BYU. And I was like, okay, weird shot. But I also thought, like, I don't really want BYU coverage. I, I'm, I understood why you guys did cover BYU in the past. But, like, where's the time or the room to cover and I understand there's a big fan base here, but really, you're going to devote resources to BYU? So you mean back before there was professional teams here? Uh, major League teams, yeah. Yeah. 
right? I mean, you guys have the Raiders like quad, you know, quadruple, you know, whatever, whatever the words are for quintuple staffed and same thing for VGK. And maybe the case could be made, Hey, well, I want more college football and I don't get that because you guys concentrate so much on the major league sports. Now I'll go in his defense. I will say this BYU's ticket sales for this game on Saturday, the Vegas kickoff classic are incredible. We yeah. talked to Kalani Sataki about two weeks ago and um, yeah, he's fired up because I have a ton of fans here. I think the tickets are now north of sold like 51,000. If you start rolling in the sweet tickets, it's probably pushing towards 55 and most of it is BYU fans. So I guess the argument could be made like, Hey, freaking cover BYU a little bit if there's so much interest, but I think a lot of it's from out of the state and yeah. the papers up there, give them enough coverage. What are people going to, you're going to, you guys going to get, you know, massive web traffic. If you start covering BYU football. Well, yeah, I think that that's, the case i mean people are used to going to them for byu coverage right. so why would they why would they come to the rj um you know we used to do a story i believe and i can't remember specifically what we would do i wasn't really a part of this but i think we did a story on byu and a story on unr every week yeah and just kind of like hey here's some you know i know there's some local interest of these teams which was a, a cool service for the fans of those teams but it's a very niche audience and and like i said i mean i would argue well could you make the argument Reno should get more coverage? If you're going to cover either one of them, it should be the other school in the state. You would think. And especially I, this year, they're going to be really good. Yeah, but I would I, think neither one. Of course, you might be and, and, pissing off much of your reader base, but I, I don't well, know that you guys are afraid of people unsubscribing because I'll also tell you this. Covering it, Reno. It's not like a big mystery of like there, – there was a time where you would write a story and you would put it in the newspaper and post it online and you'd have no idea who read it or what, what they did. Right. Uh, now – I can tell you the story I wrote yesterday, exactly how many people read it, where they're from, how long they spent reading it. Like, I can tell you all those things. Everything is tracked. So, so, like, if we put out those stories and nobody reads them, we're not going to do them anymore. There's a method to the madness. Sure. Okay. All right. Well, speaking of madness, uh, I took my trip to the East Coast to go see the parents in New Jersey. And part of that trip meant eating food in my home state. They have good food. A lot of stuff I can't get out here. Sure. And uh, Ari was asking what I ate. The more important question is, what did I need more of and what did I decide to ship back this way? Sure. So I actually, uh, I didn't get enough bagels. So I actually filled a cooler. I taped it up. It was all filled with bagels. So it should be here in a day or two. And it should be pretty fresh because I, I, I Ziploc bagged it. And uh, as long as the cooler doesn't flop open, because you know how people, you know, how these the airlines handle the baggage. Sure. There could be just bagels strewn all over some runway somewhere. Probably. So I'm looking forward to getting my uh, 84 bagels that I stuffed in a cooler. You really did this or you're just trying to set up a story? I'm just trying to set up a story because apparently someone at, someone decided to put a cooler on a uh, – send a cooler on a flight with just pounds and pounds of ground chicken. I think it was ground. It might have, it might have been freaking – it might have been the pieces. So – Apparently, the cooler popped open because they didn't tape it shut. And the guys handled the baggage. This is what I would do. They just took just a block of kind of frozen chicken and just put it on the belt. So people are waiting there for the bags. And all of a sudden, there's just this block of, you know, cooler-shaped frozen chicken going around the conveyor belt. It seems suboptimal. I mean, seriously. It's gross. It's probably not the worst thing that's been shipped. That's true. Uh yeah, this but is... just to see the image of the raw chicken, I mean, I'll eat anything, but that one I'm like, okay, I'm going to back mean, off I the raw wonder, chicken, the I, block of raw chicken on the freaking. I, I 
I just wonder what the responsibility is of the baggage handlers of I mean, I'm, I assume they're told, like, hey, whatever is arrived, yeah. whatever arrives, put it up there. We're not like, paying for it, so put it, it up there, and if they, they're the ones who blew it. But at the same time, like, aren't you kind of jeopardizing everyone else by just throwing raw chicken onto the conveyor belt? Now everyone's got contaminated <laughs> luggage. <laughs> like, what are we doing? Watch. Watch it. There's raw chicken juice all over your luggage. Yeah, I, I wouldn't want my bag to come out of that. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out a way to, I don't know, could you zap it or something? Like, run, a, run some kind of a... A laser over it? College football week one is on the way. We'll get into a half dozen games or so, including I think it's the uh, favorite game of the week. One of the favorites of the week is a Big Ten tilt with a school we mentioned earlier, Ohio State involves Sammy Paniotovic from Nesson will join us. Join the conversation on Twitter at Cofield & Co. It's Cofield & Company's Eye on Sports Betting with Sammy P. Sammy P. Adam, you're definitely going into the Super Contest? Yeah. Okay. Uh, my buddy Petro and I were talking about going in three different contests. We're just trying to pick which ones. Side bet? Uh, maybe, but the overlays in some of these contests are incredible. Oh, yeah, for sure. The number of, with the guaranteed money and the number of participants in it, I mean, I, I think you got to give it a try. Now, we'll see if I can, he and I can actually pick above 65%, <laughs> which you probably have to to finish in the money. Sam Peniotovich. Covers all this stuff. Pretty incredible right now, right, Sam? Is uh, We're still, you know, about 10 days away from most of the signups being closed. But some of these contests, the overlays are unreal. I haven't seen the current numbers, but I know going into the weekend they were really high. You'll have to excuse me. I've, I've been buried in Cam Newton, Mac Jones for about eight hours. I just found out about the raw chicken on the baggage carousel, so I'm oh, yeah. I'm a little behind today. Uh, do you have an updated <laughs> number on Circa? Like, how much is it? It's got to be like five million dollars. Yeah, I think Circa's at uh, I think it was five point six million overlay between the two contests because they're offering ten million guaranteed. Uh, there's a million guaranteed in the William Hill College Football Pick'em. They're at 868,000 overlay. Uh, I didn't get with Tony Miller if they're they have an overlay, and I think the I think the Westgate's probably doing fine. Well, I mean, when you shoot for a big quota, I talked to Matt Metcalf about this on Chicken Dinner last week. He's like, "Yeah, usually the meeting goes as follows: we sit around a room." Derek gives us the number, and we all go, wow, that's a big number. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know, to guarantee $10 million in a contest is, you know, I would say it's borderline crazy. But but Derek is a, a guy who's not scared to gamble. I imagine more steam will build as we get closer. You know, you still got uh, two weeks, give or take, and, uh, yeah. you know, you're going you're gonna to get close. I think you're going to get closer than people think, but – I mean, when you jump from, what, $3 million to $10 million in one off season, that's a gamble on the house. And we'll see if it pays off. But I know they're, they're going to try to do the best they can to try and get that figured out and filled out. They're going to be flying people into town, and they're going to have a lot of heavy hitters coming in over the next couple of weeks. But that's, <laughs> that's a big number. This is a problem you could run into when you set a limit that high. Yeah, and Adam and I were just saying it. You know, this is what's great for the consumer here, competition gets everyone super aggressive and there may be some opportunities for the players. Now you're going to, you're going to go back in the, uh, the survivor contest. Huh? You have uh, you have stones of steel. Cause last year that was disappointing. I thought we were on to this year. I thought we were talking about 2021. I was not told we would talk about last year's uh, exit in the first round <laughs> of the, uh, of the survivor. I yeah. <laughs> Indianapolis was an eight point favorite on the road. Jacksonville had, I think Gardner Minshew was starting at quarterback. I didn't, 
I didn't compute an outright loss. And I think, actually, I was talking about this the other day. I believe it wiped out about 35% of the pool week one. So, naturally, I'm avoiding the most obvious pick because I'm super jaded from last year. I'm I'm down to two. I'm down to Minnesota against Cincinnati. I just I hate that Bengals defense, and I'm high on Minnesota, which you guys both know. Good luck, Cincinnati, stopping Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, uh, Herb Smith, D.D. Westbrook. That's going to be a tough offense for that defense to stop. And I, this might be obvious, but, man, is Andy Dalton really going to start week one for the Bears? If that's the case, I, I'm not going to overthink that one. And the rules are different this year, right? Once you use a team, that's it. You can't use them again. I know. I don't know. I don't know that I'm going to be picking Minnesota that much on a week to week basis. I like them over the win total, but I probably won't pick Minnesota again. This would be the spot. If this number is if this number is anything, you know, three and a half or four, I don't imagine that's going to change. That's probably going to be the move. So I'll have a three and a half point road favorite on week one. What could possibly go wrong? Let's talk about the gambling impact of Mac Jones in, Cam Newton out, first with the Patriots' win total, and then the week one game against the Dolphins. We haven't seen much big picture. Um, You know, the market that moved the most was the offensive rookie of the year, which, Mac, you could have had 10-1 to last Thursday, Friday. I saw Circa has him with the same odds as Trevor Lawrence right now, which is insane. Um, So that's been the biggest mover from about 10-1 to to plus 350 or so. Win total, we've seen action on the over, but nothing crazy. You know, nine and a half, uh, still plus money on the over. Some books went down to three to one to win the East, and really not much of a change in the conference or the Super Bowl. But, you know, I talked to a couple bookmakers when I was in Vegas last week or so, and they were saying, look, the drop off between a veteran and Cam Newton and an unseen rookie in Mac Jones isn't that big. And we're willing to take bets on a kid. Because, you know, can anybody name the last rookie that won a, you know, a Super Bowl? Um, most people can't. Uh, so that's, that's really the gamble if you're going to bet on the Patriots here. You have a rookie quarterback who's never seen a snap in the NFL has to take you to a conference or a title, and, and the odds are against that player. So not much of a movement there. And, and you know, the three is, is the most key number in the NFL, the three and the seven. And they're already at a lot of books, two and a half, three. They're not going to move it to three and a half, four. Then you'll just have wise guys gobble up the plus on the uh, Dolphins. They'll take four, three and a half. So you're not going to see much movement yet. But I, my, my advice would be as follows. If you think that Mac Jones is better than Vegas thinks he is, or thinks he, yeah, thinks he is for that matter, that's a team you could bet on week one, two, three, and four and get ahead of the curve. You know, just because Vegas thinks he's maybe not that much better than Cam doesn't mean they're right. You talked about the the conference and the Super Bowl. What about bet, betting them to win the division? I mean, good defense. If he's any good, I, I still think the Bills could turn into a disaster. What about them to win the division? This is two weeks in a row where Adam Hill, his dog Josh Allen, Cofield. I want you to know that. That was, that was the uh, team. In a, roundabout, in a roundabout way, yeah, he's ready to short Josh Allen again. That was um, actually that was actually a shot at Jordan Poyer and the anti-vax clan that's going to make the team fall apart, and they're arguing with teammates on Twitter. Yeah, but still, there's like this deep residual hate for Josh Allen. Don't lie. I know you. I know you too well on this. It's the fans. Um, it's the Bills fans that I hate. Look, who's the most talented team in the division? Buffalo. But the one thing that's undefeated is the injury bug. If one thing goes wrong, 
or two things go wrong in Buffalo, they could be a team that wins eight or nine games. I mean, that's that's every NFL team. So yeah, I mean, is it possible? Sure. But there's a reason Buffalo is minus 160, minus 180 to win the division. I am higher on New England than I am on Miami, that's for sure. I think if you're looking for a Patriot future bet, though, my favorite bet is them to make the playoffs. Um, they were a quarterback away from being a playoff team, in my mind. And to get rid of Cam, who couldn't throw the ball 5, 15, 30 yards with any accuracy or any spiral, it, now you get to a kid who's played in the spread offense, has seen some NFL players against LSU and Georgia. He's had a good camp. The vets love him. Dante Hightower came in and said, well, Mac actually asked us, where can he improve? Where can he be better? Hightower's like, this kid's a rookie. What is he doing in here? So the moxie, the leadership, um, the ability to learn and, and keep information in order, that stuff has gone well. And, and there's no quarterback of, of any of the rookies that's in a better spot right now to succeed. You know, this is a better situation than Lawrence, than Fields, than Wilson. Uh, Lance won't see the field for a month. This kid's going to make this offense a lot better, and you can find plus money on New England to make the playoffs. With that defense, that O-line, that tight end room, and that coaching staff, this is a playoff team now with the quarterback change. Talking football with Sam Paniotovich. All right, we got week one of college football coming up after week zero and a very light slate. Thursday, a ton of games and some big ones. Ohio State right out of the gates, 14 against Minnesota. You on the dog side here? I'm taking the dog. Yeah, we saw a big move on the under. A lot of guys I know that are pretty sharp. Uh, they went under 65, 64 and a half. That's on to 63. I mean, I still lean that way, but uh, the move here is correlated. If you like Minnesota, you like the under. Minnesota has five senior offensive linemen, a senior quarterback, and a senior backfield. They, they're going to run the football. I mean, that's clear. And, and Fleck um, has been very adamant that last season was not, not a fluke, but they had, they had so many opt-outs and guys that left the program and injuries. And that, that team in week five or six was dead. And there's nothing you can do about that. But I think putting – you know, stock in the present instead of the past is more important. Minnesota returns the most offensive line starters in the country. Like I said, they return 11 starters on one side of the ball, 10 starters on the other side of the ball. That's a team that's, that's upper class, that's tough. They're going to play together. And, and I do like Fleck. So I, I took 14. I think that's a good bet. Um, Ohio State, a lot working against them. Thursday night game on the road, first ever start for the, the freshman quarterback. It's not a good spot, and, and Minnesota's going to play the type of game where they're going to muck it up. You know, They're going to do three yards in a cloud of dust. They, they don't want a part of a shootout with Ohio State, and that's a bad situation. I mean, Ohio State's going to probably win the game, but asking them to win by 17, 20, 21 on the road week one, eh, I don't know. Stay in the Big Ten. Wisconsin five and a half on Saturday against Penn State. Sharp move on Wisconsin. Uh, I didn't play this one, but anything under a touchdown, I don't hate on Wisconsin. I like the favorite there at home. Penn State, I'm just not a big fan of James Franklin. And Wisconsin can win by a touchdown easily. Iowa three and a half against Indiana. I will be on Iowa here. Uh, You're paying for past performance again on Indiana. Um, I think Iowa here is getting just total disrespect. You know, this number, most years when I was at home week one, it's about six, seven. And the money came in on Indiana. You could lay a three at Circa. You could lay a three at William Hill. 
Um, there's a lot of money on Indiana, but if you like Indiana, obviously you missed the best number, five and a half, five. Iowa on the bottom side at minus three, that's a good bet. Alabama now laying 19 and a half against Miami. I just, I can't do it. I know what you're doing. I can't. I mean, I, I just, I refuse to bet against Saban week one. There was a stretch where I think it was three or four straight years. I was like, he can't do it again. And then you you bet on Shoelace Robinson, and it's 28 to 3 at half. And you're like, oh, my God, what do I do this for again? So um, it's, I don't care. I am, I am too jaded by that. I will not fade Saban week one. Ain't happening. Oregon, 20 and a half against uh, Fresno. Fresno looked good, but it was UConn. Over is the move in that one. Uh, that could be 40 to, God, that could be 40 to 24. 45 to 28 that that could be that could be a big time scoring game and then here's another one you're not going to ask me this one but i'll give it to you anyways there might be 80 points in unlv and eastern washington that that might be a thing uh not many numbers up right now that's a thursday night extra game so you got to scroll down the board a little bit that total i think it's going to come out at 70 that game could be in the 40s or 50s i would not be surprised east washington and uh unlv Good stuff. Uh, local interest for sure here. Uh, more local interest. Uh, Sam, I saw Westgate put up their their uh, regular season point totals for NHL. Uh, Bruins are 103.5. Golden Knights are up at 108.5. That's the second highest total on the board. Any thought on either of those? Man, that Bruin number is a little high. Oof. Um, I'd lean under. I haven't done my NHL homework yet. The Vegas number seems right. How about this, too, that uh, Seattle Kraken number? We talked about this in the summer when it opened 66 and a half. I saw they were 88 and a half. How's that yep. for a middle? You could have middled that bad boy real good. Uh, the Bruin number seems a little high, but let me get back to you. It's been a little busy over here today. <laughs> sure. All right, we'll get back to it. He's from Nesson, also does work for Fox Sports. It's Sam Paniotovich, always gives us some time on Tuesdays. Thanks, Sam. All right, gentlemen. See you later. Five o'clock hours on the way. We're going to actually talk to the play-by-play guy for uh, Eastern Washington, get a uh, in-depth look. Uh, the Eagles and their outstanding quarterback. And we got more good news on what's going on with our uh, stadium here as they uh, continue to set records with some of the attendance at recent events. Cofield got his mortgage tuned up. You should too. Call 877-700-NOVA now to lower your interest rate and lower your payments.